Thanks for listening to Middle Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joel. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death and UFOs, and other creepy, Cults. weird, random ghosts. There you go. Yeah. Not um, just naming things in the room. Proudly presents Middle Aged and Mediocre. This is a Middle Aged and Mediocre presentation of of Middle Aged and Mediocre. Welcome to Middle Aged and Mediocre. (laughs) I'm Cash. That's Joel bringing us in hot. Uh, And we are back for another episode. What's the name of it? Middle Aged and Buttered. Buttered. We're all buttered up. Oh, yeah. Slatter. I keep in that it. thing on me. Keep the, keep that butter on you. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, we do butter reviews here. Melt in your mouth. What butter are we reviewing this week? Um, country Crocs. Country son. Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like Country Croc. I dare you to try to bring another butter around me. All right. So we are back with another episode. Uh, you it, butter be? Huh? Mm. <laughs> it is Halloween Ow! weekend. The best weekend of the year, I guess. Uh, sure. sure. Trick or treating, like I loved it as a kid. I was talking about this the other day. It looks awful these days. <laughs> like with like everything's during the day. Yeah. Kids are man treating out of trunks. I like would trick or treat with the pillowcase, and I'd have like different masks down in the pillowcase. So I'd like take one mask off, put Just another one back, back on, hit a fucking house again. I mean, back in the day, it was like... Egg houses and cars. There was a possibility that you were kidnapped by a demon and killed. Yeah. Like, nowadays, it's in the daylight. Who cares? <laughs> there's just no there's no feeling to it anymore. Nope. These kids these days. Kids they easy. these days. Uh, uh, I'm going to kidnap one just to fucking... Just to keep it real. No, I won't. Yeah. I'll stop that right there. <laughs> I would I'm not, not even going to look a kid in the eye. I wouldn't say that live. I'm just going to throw candy at him from afar. There you go. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. Hit him in the head. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Joel's prick. Fuck you, kids. Uh, we got a couple stories for today. Uh, one is about uh, a man found in multiple uh, suitcases um, throughout different locations and different rivers. Wow. So that's always fun. Yeah. If you end up that way. That's always fun. <laughs> uh, before we get into that. What do you got going on? You got a comedy show coming up? I mean, oh, yeah. December 2nd? It's December yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Friday, the first one. Friday in December at Monsters Horde. Me, Carlin Haggerty, and uh, Jacob Hall. Mm-hmm. It's 10 bucks a ticket, or you can get a table of four for 50, and that's going to be with like snacks and drinks. Oh, okay. I was going to say that. Because it is a toy store. So the math so. doesn't work out on that. But it doesn't, but you, you get, get like stuff. extra. Yeah. And you're guaranteed to have a table because there might just be like chairs just, you're just sitting there. Okay. But still, it's uh, have you been there yet? Uh uh-uh. uh. You need to go. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that, though. Yeah, Monster Toys, a cool uh, toy store in Marietta, Ohio. Sells vinyl records. Uh, Aaron's been doing a really good job. But, yeah, we're going to have some start some comedy Try there. Try to find a couple more people to go and get a, get a table. You should. Sounds like the way to do it. Probably get, like, a can of pop or something. So I would like a table. Maybe even, like, some crackers to split. I don't know. 
It, that's up to Aaron. He's going to do that. Oh, you don't know what he's going to give nah, out? It'll okay. be like a sleeve of salt. <laughs> he doesn't eat cracker on his table. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's definitely worth the extra money. And little crackers are basically little tables that you put more food on. That's true. And then you just, you're eating little tables at your table. I just like to eat straight up crackers. Yeah. I you, raw, raw dog the crackers. Don't even pay attention to the comedy. <laughs> I'm here for the crackers. Yeah, if I don't get a uh, sleeve of saltines. We're all white guys, so I mean, technically, there's going to be crackers yeah. upon crackers. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So are, are you hosting? Or? Yeah, I'll be hosting. Okay. Uh, well, Jacob's always like, you could never go wrong, Jacob yeah. Hall. Uh, Carlin's a he's a he's a pro. He travels all over, does yeah. comedy and stuff. So he's been really honing in his shit. Jacob's definitely one of my favorites, though. Like yeah. you can always assume that that's going to be entertaining. He can just talk about the room you're in for thirty minutes right. and make it and funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. So that's December second. Monsters Horde. 7 uh, o'clock. It's over Marietta. Yeah, you can probably find them on Facebook and stuff. You definitely can, not probably. Yeah, let's say I follow them, so I know, I know they're on there. <laughs> I'm trying to be coy about it, okay? Uh, it's not a very good promotion. So it's 10 bucks, but if you can get a table for 4 for 50 and you yeah. get some extras. Yeah. Okay. You not bad. Some, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I will, uh, I'll be checking that and out. you can stay and buy Toys and Records before and after the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, sweet. I'm gonna shop while you're talking. Do it. I'm just gonna be like, what? How much is this? How one? much is this? <laughs> Ask me, Joel. Have you heard this? <laughs> what do you think, Joel? Should I get this? I think you should. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna stop you every ten seconds with get your recommendation on Good. things. It'll be my second show. Can I listen to this one now? <laughs> I don't know if I want it or not. Joel, do you have your record player? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna ruin the show. Oh, can't, I can't wait. Wait. Uh, you got anything else going on? Any other shows? Nope. No? Okay. That's it. That's it. What do you got going on? Not a goddamn thing. Okay. Um, then don't expect more out of me. I, you know what? I come up with the stories. <laughs> I expect you to bring the things happening. Okay. So make up things from now on. Okay, I will. Like that you're playing like you got your set in Vegas coming up. Yeah, sure. Make shit up. I'm bringing Blink-182 to Monsters Horde. I got that show I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Only costume. <laughs> Six million dollars. Yeah, that's it. I can't believe people are paying oh, man. the prices that they're paying for blank tickets. I, and I love blank. I, I was all excited. I was like, I'm going to see him. I was thinking maybe 50, 60 bucks a for ticket. Like, you know, yeah, for, yeah, but way it's the like hell up there. you're way the hell up there and it's still 100 bucks. Yeah. And that's before like all the surcharges and fucking all the other shit. And I was like, well, I'll buy the vinyl. Yeah, yeah, no thank you. I like him better with Matt. I'm sorry. No, hopefully their first song is not. Uh, going to be what the whole album sounds like because that'll that'll be bad. Yeah. Uh, so you know, hopefully that that one's just like a. Whew, it's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't think I have anything going on. Um, I might start doing some uh, for old real shoot wrestling. I might start doing um like some interview segments. Oh, cool. Um, use use the old podcast skills to like Cash's uh, Corner or something like something. that. I don't, I don't Cash's know. Cafe. Cash's Cafe. I like that. I don't know why I said start, both start with a C, but. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I might Cash's start doing money that. Pit. Just Cash's what? Cash's Money Pit, because your name is mm, Cash. Mm. The Money Pit with Cash. Yeah. This is the episode now. I like Cash's good. Cafe. I think the best. <laughs> uh, we'll, have, we'll have little drinks. Yeah. I'm basically ripping off uh, RJ City's Hey EW. And Jerry Seinfeld's Coffee with Comedians. Yeah. It's like if those two shows fucked each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like a hey EW. If Jerry Seinfeld fucked RJ City. Yeah. You get me, I guess? Like, I don't know how that is. I don't know how either. 
All right. Well, let's talk about crime. Okay. Shall we? Give the people what they want. Uh, we're going May 5th, 2004. Two fishermen found a Kenneth Cole suitcase floating near the fourth artificial island of the Chesapeake Bay Bridge and Tunnel. Uh, and they did, you know, if you find a random piece of luggage floating in the water, what do you think you should do? Um, I would probably get a stick and just try to make it sink. <laughs> just try to make yeah, it sink. Because it seems like, what? what like, just, somebody's trying to hide something, yeah, so I'm not going to be the yeah, one to I'm not going to. Okay, well, these guys ratted him out, and they called the police. Uh, Inside the suitcase was a set of human legs. Did they look first, and then call the police, or were they just like, oh, my God, floating luggage? I think they just called the police. Because that's probably the, I mean, usually if you see floating luggage in a a body of water. Maybe a plane crashed. You still probably want to report that. Uh, Inside the suitcase. What I always say is snitches get stitches. Right. So I ain't talking to no cops. They found human legs cut off at the knees, uh, wrapped in blue towels and black trash bags. Um, Six days later, on May 11th, a bird watcher uh, found another matching suitcase washed ashore on Fisherman's Island, 16 miles away from where the first suitcase was found. And inside that one, they found most of the rest of the body. Uh, the head, the arms, and the torso were det- was detached at the waist. Uh, the police now had most of the parts, but they did not have all of the parts. They were missing the midsection. The dick. So then on May 16th. Or, you know, the vag, if it was a female. This was a, this was the dude with the dick. Okay, all uh, right. So they were missing the dick section. So they don't got dick. They don't have dick yet. They don't have dick. But on May 16th, uh, another Kenneth Cole suitcase was found, this time near uh, in the bay near one of the bridge and tunnels other islands. And inside of it was the victim mid, mid, victim's midsection. So now they had uh, all of the parts. They got dick down. And they uh, released a... Uh, composite sketch of the victim's face. A woman in Chesapeake, Virginia, identified the victim as her husband's friend, 39-year-old William Bill McGuire of Woodbridge Township, New Jersey. Uh, now, I'm going to show you the side-by-side. Okay. And then I'm going to ask you, on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, as a dead body at this point, uh-huh. so a ghost, Yeah. Um, how offended are you that by looking at this sketch... Did they think it was you? Did they know it was you? And would you then uh, haunt that person for the rest of their life? What? <laughs> that looks nothing like that guy. It's like if he's doing that thing where you tuck your chin all in. Yeah. To make like all your fat go underneath your chin. But we're also somehow a newborn baby. I mean, this lady somehow. Yeah, the, the sketch looks like Bobby Hill if he was a real person. <laughs> He's like, well, he does have two eyes like my husband's missing friend. Now, I don't know if, like, the sketch, uh, you know, took into account, um, like, the bloating that would happen from the water. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's but this, what it looks like. But this lady that looked at this sketch of a man with a giant fat face who, again, <laughs> resembles Bobby Hill, if he was a real person, <laughs> said, that looks like my friend Bill. Yeah. If I was Bill. I think she's involved. I would haunt her forever. <laughs> Anyways. I think uh, she's involved. She's like, yeah, I, I know he's missing because I killed him. Uh, so yeah, yeah. uh, anyway, so Bill Solve McGuire, he was a United States Navy veteran. Uh, his wife, Melanie, he'd been married to for five years. They had two children together, who at the time were four and two. 
Uh, Bill had been working as a computer programmer, and Melanie has was working as a nurse at a fertility clinic. The day before Bill disappeared, uh, the couple had closed on a $450,000 mortgage on a new house. Um, most people in their lives claimed that the couple seemed to have a very happy marriage. By the time the investigators had first spoken about it... However, we know better than a happy marriage. By the time... Talk about urban myths. They had first spoken to Melanie about what happened to her husband. Uh, It had been about a month since she had last seen him. According to her, they'd gotten into a really bad argument on April 29th, where she claimed that he had slapped her and stuffed a dryer sheet in her mouth. Jesus. And then locked her, or then she locked herself in the bathroom with her children. She says she heard Bill uh, angrily packing some belongings and then stormed out of their apartment. And she had. Did he like rip off his legs and pack those into one <laughs> yes. suitcase? And he like <laughs> ripped off their legs. Cutting off my dick. <laughs> yep. I'm doing it. I'm packing myself into three suitcases and throwing myself in the water. Are you happy? <laughs> she said since that night, she had not seen him. Uh, the following day, she applied for a restraining order against Bill, um, which would, you know, explain why she didn't file Mr. Persons report. Yeah. Uh, as investigators begin to dig deeper, though. But still, I mean, how long? A month? Like, she, he hasn't come around. Try right. to come around at all, or call, or see the kids. Right. Like I feel like you still still be like, you start I don't, to kind he's of a piece of shit things. that attacked me, but like I haven't heard or seen from him in a month. If nothing else, I need support for these kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mama needs a night out. You know what I'm saying? The more the investigators started to look into things, though, the more everything came back to Melanie. Uh, she <laughs> quickly became the prime suspect, uh, but she always had an explanation for everything. Melanie had grew up in Ridgewood and Middletown Township, New Jersey. Uh, she attended Middletown High School. Uh, she enrolled at Rutgers University with a double major in math and psychology and graduated in 94. <coughs> she graduated second in her class from the Charles E. Gregory School of Nursing in 97 with a nursing diploma. By April 2004, Melanie was working, like I said, as a, at a fertility clinic. Bill was a computer programmer. Uh, living with her two sons in a small apartment in New Jersey. Uh, they had planned to move into a larger house in Warren County, and on April 28th, they had closed on buying the new home, but that that move into the new home would never happen. Uh, the homicide investigation started to take its first strange turn when they located Bill McGuire's car in a police impound lot. On May 8th, 2004, the car had been towed to the lot after it was reported abandoned, at the Flamingo Motel in Atlantic City, 100 miles from his home. No color, just a flamingo? I feel like it should be called like the Blue Flamingo or the, something. Uh, would be a better name for it, probably. Yeah. Um, just a flamingo. This was not uh, being found. His car being found in Atlantic City was not super out of character, though. He had a bit of a gambling problem, uh, and he would frequently go to Atlantic City to play some blackjack. Uh, only he had never checked into the hotel. Um when detectives looked at the security footage, they found that on April 30th, someone had parked the car at the motel and then simply walked away from it. The footage was too grainy to positively identify the mystery driver, uh, but the best they could tell was that it was not Bill McGuire that walked away. <coughs> so investigators began to look into um, Bill's Easy Pass account to see if his car had been on any toll, ro- toll roads. Uh, That's hard to say. Toll mm-hmm. roads. Toll, toll roads. Yeah. Uh, 
New Jersey is basically just one giant turnpike, so there's plenty of those to go around. Uh, they found that Bill and Melanie had a joint account, um, but it was their, it was her travel history that caught their eye. Uh, not only had her car been charged a total of 90 cents on the Atlantic, Express, Atlantic City Expressway on the day her husband disappeared, but there were records that someone had called in twice to have those charges removed. Oh. Uh, Melanie could explain that, though. She said, yes, I had driven to Atlantic City, but I went down there to move his car as a prank. Oh, man. Got him good. Got him good. I'll uh, teach him for stuffing dryer sheets in my mouth. Now, you probably don't want to you know, pull a prank on a person you have a restraining order on. Yeah. But I don't want to antagonize them. Yeah. Uh, and then also, that is a three-hour round trip. <laughs> so that is gotcha. quite the prank. <laughs> uh, now, I'm impressed that three-hour round trip was only 90 cents on the... Yeah, it's not too bad. Because when I went to Philly and was on the Philly Turnpike... Uh, when I went to get off of the turnpike, it was like forty some dollars, <laughs> which I did not. I would have stayed on it. I was just like, all right, well, I'm just yeah. And I thought it. about, well, I guess I live on this now. Yeah. Um. So, in an interview with 2020, in 2020, uh, Melanie spoke spoke about the moving in- car moving incident, saying, "quote It sounds beyond ridiculous sitting here saying it, and I acknowledge that." But it's the truth. But, And yeah. when it came to removing the charges, she said, I panicked. I absolutely tried to have those charges taken off because I feared that people would look and think what they ultimately ended up thinking. Uh, so well, apparently, I mean, if, it, if, if they could tell it wasn't Bill, then I think they could be able to tell if it was at least a woman or not you think. at the Flamingo Hotel. You would think she, so, yeah. yeah. Um, but it really doesn't make any sense because... So if she thought that the easy pass charges showing up would look suspicious, she had to realize that like calling to get them removed would be doubly. would look way more suspicious. Oh. Um, so despite the level of uh, decomposition of the body, forensic pathologists were able to determine that Bill McGuire was killed from as many as four gunshot wounds. Uh, a thirty-eight caliber bullet was found inside his body. Uh, Maybe he was born with it. Maybe it was Maybelline. Oh, maybe. Um, Got me there. The bullet had green fibers attached to it, uh, and police ended up speculating that maybe a throw pillow was, you know, yeah, used. As a silencer. Yeah. So detectives started looking into the gun to see if uh, anyone had built... Not only a silencer, but if it's someone that knew him, that way they didn't have to look at him as they're yeah. shooting them. Yeah. It could just be easier that way. Um, they started to look to see if anyone in Bill McGuire's life might have owned a 38 caliber handgun. When they found no matches in New Jersey, they started looking into neighboring states. And in Pennsylvania, they discovered that a 38 revolver was purchased two days before he went missing. And on the receipt for the gun, there was also an item sold for $9.95. Only two items in the store were listed at that price. And one of those was a box of 38 shell bullets, the same kind that were used to kill uh, Bill. The gun store kill owner... Bill! identified the buyer as Melanie McGuire. Oh, talk your way out of that one. Well, she tried. Okay. She says that she did purchase the gun, but it was for... As a joke. It was for Bill. Oh. Because Bill wanted to carry a gun for protection, but he was not able to buy one for himself because he had a past felony conviction. Um, the gun, though, never turned up. Why she, would you buy a gun for someone you have a restraining order against who attacked you? I don't know if she... Yeah. Yeah, because she bought it on. It was bought on. When did they say? Two days before he went missing. So, oh, okay. But to hear her tell it, the marriage was 
he was abusive all yeah. the time anyway, yeah. so why would you buy exactly. your abusive husband? In where, Philadelphia? She, she drove to Philadelphia to buy the gun. So, uh, let me see. Where were we at here? Um, oh, so for the fiber, the green fibers on the bullet, um, the McGuire's did own a green couch. Uh, Bill's sister later testified in court that the couch had green throw pillows on it, but those pillows were never found in the home. Mm. Um, there was actually no evidence found in the home, no trace of blood, no gunshot residue, uh, nothing. Um, the police never specifically said that no one was actually murdered in the house. They just basically said that if someone was killed there, the killer did an amazing job of cleaning it up. Melanie McGuire uh, found herself facing a giant pile of circumstantial evidence, but she kept finding new and inventive plot armor in her side of the story. <coughs> her Easy Pass records pinged her car traveling through Delaware five days after Bill's disappearance, which was one day before the first suitcase was found. And the road uh, the car was on not only led to the Chesapeake Bay, where the body was found, but it also passed several waterways that emptied into the bay. Um, plenty of spots for her to stop and pull yeah. and throw the suitcases into the water. Uh, cutting them up like that makes it easier for her to get rid of the body, too, because I doubt she could you know, move a whole, move the whole body. body. Forensics was also able to determine that garbage bags from the house matched the bags that the body parts are wrapped in inside the suitcases. Um, now, I don't know how the hell Forensics does this, but they figured out that all of the bags were manufactured at the same facility within hours of each other. I think it has to do with, because I saw this like in another case, the way that how you tear them apart, they're all connected like that. Like, each bag is like a fingerprint where, like, it has its own, like, you know, they could tell bags that go, go Which, back together, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, as for the suitcases themselves, Melanie admitted that she, her and her husband owned a set of the same suitcases, uh, but she says that Bill used them when he was packing up and when he left. Oh, He good, took them with him. Good job, Bill. Um, as more and more evidence began popping up, Melanie had a harder time trying to find excuses. When investigators started combing through uh, the internet search history on the home computer, they found searches like how to purchase guns illegally, <laughs> undetectable poisons, uh, searches for various sedatives, and the search for how to commit murder. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know... Uh, oh, man, before people understood computers, they were just so fucking stupid. <laughs> then investigators started finding evidence that Melanie could not explain. Like, that's enough evidence. Like, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, towels found in the suitcases with the body parts were traced back to the clinic Melanie worked for. Forensics found tiny t traces of Bill's flesh in her car. Uh, little specks of bone and muscle were also found uh, on the bottom of her shoes. They described this uh, these little specks as human sawdust. While searching, wow, human sawdust. <laughs> That's going to be the name of my band. <laughs> human is a good name. Yeah, human sawdust. While searching Bill's abandoned car, uh, they found a tiny bottle of chlorohydrate, a sedative used to induce sleep before surgery, along with two syringes. So they drugged them, shot them, cut them up, got rid of them. Yeah, women. The bottle was Am I right? The bottle was traced back to a prescription that was picked up at a Walgreens near the daycare that the McGuire children attended. Uh, they were not able to determine if Melanie had been the one to pick up the prescription, but the prescription itself came from Dr. Bradley Miller, which was Brad which was Melanie's boss at the clinic, and those two had been having an affair. I was gonna say those two fucking They had been having an affair for the past four years. Well, it is a fraternity clinic, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of fertility happening. Oh, I said fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't submit. Uh, I'm stupid. Dr. Miller, though, had not filled out the prescription. 
Uh, oh. When he was questioned about it, he re- he did not recognize the signature as his own, um, but he did recognize the handwriting as Melanie's. Uh, Miller was adamant that he had nothing to do with the murder, and he even volunteered to wear a wire and testify against Melanie. Um, oh, uh, in private conversations, Melanie had been promising Dr. Miller for years that she was going to leave her husband so they could finally be together. Um, but after so why did I just do that? Well, after finding out that just Bill and that Melanie and not kill him. had bought a you know had just bought a took out a forty four hundred fifty thousand dollars mortgage on a new house. Yeah. Uh, God damn, that pisses me off. Dr. Miller did become, like, pretty upset about her. He testified that he, you know, asked her, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. I thought, if you were going to leave him, why are you buying this house? Yeah. You know, um, so... It, well, obviously, you can't trust her, doctor. Uh, I mean, you should be a... You sound like a smart man if you're a doctor. Like, fucking put two and two together. She told him that the new house was just a way to put all of the couple's assets into an investment that could be split in the divorce instead of a sum of money that Bill might uh, just piss away playing blackjack. Um, hey, guess what? You can't split a house. It's one giant thing. Yeah. So that is, it was hard for investigators though to, to come up with a motive, though, because if she wanted to start a new life with Dr. Miller, um, she probably shouldn't have tried to implicate him in the murder of, his, yeah. of her husband by using a prescription pad and towels from his clinic. Um, and she didn't kill the husband for the money because there was no life insurance policy. And they just put themselves in a half a million dollars worth of debt yeah. that had interest on it. So it was kind of hard to determine why she would do it, though. Um, I'm sure she's not, like, a real good criminal. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's how it's sounding to me. So while none of the evidence directly tied Melanie to her husband's murder, all of the indirect evidence, the circumstantial evidence, combined uh, combined together supported a strong enough case to charge her with first-degree murder. Um but right after Melanie was released on bail, police started receiving anonymous letters from someone claiming to be the real killer. The letters were written Look, by... Look, it's so- not Melanie. It's not <laughs> Melanie. It's not her. Yeah. They were She's written- a really nice lady. She works hard, okay? And and Bill took advantage of her the entire marriage, but it definitely wasn't Melanie. <laughs> uh, the she letters that letter. were written by someone who claimed to be a co-worker of Bill McGuire's sister, Cindy. Uh, the letters contained details about the murder... That were not that were not released to the public, and one letter was included with a package that included items related to the case, including Bill's wedding ring, an empty box of the same ammunition used in the murder, and a key to Bill's car. The letter stated that these items were all found in the trash at Cindy's office. Police traced the package and found that it had been paid for with a prepaid American Express gift card. Uh, they later found that the gift card was purchased at a pharmacy, and security footage showed a woman who looked. A lot like Melanie, <laughs> but it wasn't clear enough to make a positive ah! Uh Her attorneys tried to argue that she had nothing to do with the letters, but it did end up adding a charge of perjury to her um, list of charges already. Um, her defense team attempted everything short of uh, basically magic to prove that she had nothing to do with this, um, but ultimately the jury found Melanie McGuire guilty of first-degree murder, desecrating human remains, possession of a weapon for unlawful purpose, and perjury. However, they did acquit her on the charges of possession of Xanax without a prescription, <laughs> Thank goodness. tampering with evidence, and two counts of hindering you apprehension. You don't want to tarnish her name. No. Her uh, reputation. Before her sentence could be handled down, Melanie and her lawyers filed an appeal for a new trial based on a prison informant 
who claimed that Bill McGuire was actually killed by Atlantic City mobsters due to his gambling debts. I thought you were going to say Atlantis Morissette. <coughs> I was like, isn't that ironic? The investigators quickly debunked the story, though, because the informant had a history of making up stories to try to gain favor with authorities. Um, so her appeal request was withdrawn, and she was sentenced to life plus five years and would be eligible for parole after 66 years. So there's a chance she'll get out right around like the time she's 101 years yeah, old. Yeah, okay. So she's still, Or she'll die in prison and they'll keep her for another five years. They're like, all right, well, there's well, life, but we got to keep this five years you later around. That's going to be a stinky corpse. So, yeah, I would say it does sound like she had help. Um, that would be a lot to do for one person. Like, who's watching the kids while she's doing well, this? And, and she, if she went to Atlantic City, well, she could have drove there, parked somewhere away, moved the car. Yeah. But to get the car there, she probably had somebody follow her. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, or maybe he did go to Atlantic I don't know. Maybe he did go to Atlantic City. She, she followed him there. She found him. That's where she killed him. Sorry, I don't know. But, yeah, so she... Uh, There's got to be somewhere that would have some DNA evidence of the cutting up. And I don't think she could have done that at home. And then they not find anything at all. I think... she's cutting into three different suitcases. That's a lot of yeah. DNA to go around. I think her stepfather was looked into as maybe being a part of it. But he was... They ended up writing him off as a suspect. Yeah. But I do think she had some help. I don't think it was the doctor... Because he sounded pretty pissed off that yeah. she went ahead Well, and I mean, she's having an affair with him. She's probably having... I mean, it, I'm going to say probably, but it could stand to be that she is having an affair with somebody else. And, yeah. you know, she uses sex, it sounds like, to kind of... So, yeah, she is in prison now. Um, I'm a writer. Does it say where she's at? I'll write her. Somewhere in Jersey. All right. Probably. Just start writing the prisons in Jersey. <laughs> Just looking for Melanie. Yep. Melanie McGuire. <laughs> Um, all right, I got a couple of uh, news stories here that are uh, like fit well with it being Halloween. It's Halloween. This one comes from um, 2020. All right. Headline: The ha- a haunted Elsa doll returned after family threw it out twice. A haunted Elsa doll. You know Elsa what I say? From, Let it go. From Frozen. That's the song from the movie. That's the song. I've seen Frozen more than I've seen you. And I've seen you a lot. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, it's okay. I've never seen it. Yeah, uh, that was one of Lily's first movies in the movie theater. Maybe better first. Uh, a Texas family could not get rid of a haunted Elsa doll. The Madonia family <laughs> from Houston found out that found out that uh, Frozen is truly inescapable. As Emily Madonia wrote on Facebook... That an Elsa doll she first gave her daughter in 2013 kept finding its way back home after they tried, thro- tried to throw it away twice in the garbage. Uh, she put on Facebook, to recap, for those of you who have not been following our Elsa doll saga, Matt threw it away three weeks ago and then we found it inside a wooden bench. Uh, okay, so we were weirded out and tightly wrapped it in its own garbage bag and put that garbage bag inside another garbage bag filled with other garbage and put it in the bottom of our garbage can underneath a bunch of other bags of garbage and wheeled it to the curb, and it was collected on garbage day. We went out of town, forgot about it, and today her daughter says, Mom, I saw the Elsa doll again in the backyard. Help us get rid of this haunted doll. Uh, Madonia, who did not respond to a request from today, wrote on Facebook Tuesday that the doll, which sings the inescapable Frozen song, Let It Go. Let It Go! When a button on her collar is Let pushed, it go. 
began only singing and speaking in Spanish instead of English, even when it was turned off. Uh, rather than believe the doll had turned into Chucky or Annabelle, the family initially figured it was some kind of prank. The doll has some marker on it from my daughter coloring over the years, so I know the doll that reappeared was the original and not a replacement. Um, most logical think most logical thinkers believe it's a prank, but I don't understand how or when it was done, especially because the garbage truck had taken it away. Um, I mean, did, did you put it in the trash and you just stare at the can the whole time until the garbage people got it? Because I've already solved this. Okay. The husband is fucking with his wife, you think and it's is? gotten to the point where the wife is, like, so freaked out and, like, pissed about it. The husband's like, ugh, this took a turn. Right. He's like, yeah, I don't know how that key. Or, I have a daughter. We've had birthday parties. We've had a birthday party where she's gotten, like, three of those fucking dolls at the same party. So I don't buy the whole coloring on the arm because you could have colored on all three of them. You know, I mean, you, you go through one year when that movie was first came out, like, the f- two Christmases and birthdays worth, you're going to have four of each one of these dolls. Okay. All right. All right, so more details. Yeah, that's, that's it. That, I solved it twice. So they ended <laughs> up uh, mailing the doll to someone they know in Minnesota. Uh, they did not put a return. Jesse Ventura? They didn't put a return address on it. That way it could be mailed back. Uh-huh. Uh, Madonia wrote that the doll laughed for 30 seconds straight as she was putting it in the box to mail it, which had never happened before. I mean, cell phones exist. Like, pop a cell phone out. Let's get some video recording. Um, the Elsa doll arrived safely at the home of Chris Hogan. Who Hogan! Ta- who taped the doll to the brush guard of his Jeep. <laughs> he says, if anything weird happens, I'm welding her onto a steel pipe and sinking it in the lake, into the lake. These people uh, got way too much time on their hands. So, yeah. I and mean, I have a lot of time on my hands, so I mean, I get it. It's probably fabricated, but you know. Yeah. Could be just a creepy ass doll. Could be, but I don't think so. Uh, next story. Too mass produced. Uh, this one takes took place in 2012. Just the husband trying to trying to you know get one over on his wife. Maybe. Uh, grieving friends and family members of a deceased Pennsylvania man were both spooked and comforted when they suddenly received mysterious uh, emails from his account after he had died. Uh, the BBC reports. I've heard that ghost accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The BBC reports that Jack Frossy, 32, of Dunmore, Pennsylvania, died suddenly of a heart arrhythmia in June 2011. Five months after his death, his best friend Tim said he received an email from Frossy's account with a subject line, I'm watching. Uh, He said, one night in November, I'm sitting on my couch going through my emails on my phone, and it popped up. It said it was from Jack Frossy. I turned ghost white when I read it. It was very quick and short, but to a point that only Jack and I could relate on. The message said, did you hear me? I'm at your house. Clean up your fucking attic. He said that before Frosty had died, the two had been alone in Hart's attic, talking about what to do with the space up there. Like yeah. To clean it up. Um, he said great. it was just me and him up there. Uh, Frosty's cousin, Jimmy, said he received an email from Frosty in November telling him, I knew you were going to break your ankle. I tried to warn you. You got to be careful. He said he had broke he had broken his ankle about a week before he got the email. Um, he says he'd like to say Jack sent it because just because I look at it as he's gone, but he's still trying to connect with me, trying to tell me to move along to feel better. Uh, the source of the emails is still a mystery. Frosty's friends say no one had his password and they don't believe the account was hacked. Hart said he had thought Frosty's mother had been sending them, but when he asked her about it, she said 
Uh, she said, what the fuck? Yeah, she said, think whatever you want about it, or you can accept it as a gift. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, there are apps out there that let people set up... Um, Emails to send in the future? Yeah. But then he knows he's going like, to That'd be a weird thing. To, yeah, he yeah. died suddenly, yeah. so... Um, yeah, so I don't know. That's kind of... That, that is kind of weird. Um, they're very specific, too. Yeah. So, like, that's another thing that makes addict. you think that'd be weird that he set them up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to get email. I don't. Here's the thing, though. I don't check my email. I could have just dozens of emails from dozens of ghosts. From dozens. Just trying to warn me about shit. Yeah. I mean, you open up my email right now, and it's like 999 plus. Just. Oh, yeah, you got to check those emails. I never do. You're getting. Fucking email. You're getting all kinds of ghosts. <laughs> I probably am. You could you could like have won the lottery at this point. Yeah, they're like, hey, the numbers are this. Yeah. Dummy. You've lost so much money. Mm. That's all right. All right, so... I would said, still rather do that than check my email. You said you got a story? I got a couple. Okay. Um, do we still have the music? Oh, you want... Yeah, hit that music! Feels good. Yeah, it does. Feels good. Feels real good. Uh, <laughs> this isn't really... It's a feel good for the snake. This is in Copenhagen, Denmark. A venom, ven- venomous... King Cobra escaped its home in a Swedish zoo six days ago. Um, it has not yet been recaptured. So there's just a King Cobra just that escaped there. from a zoo just living his best life. <laughs> this was where? Uh, Copenhagen. No, okay. Sweden. Well, I'm going to cancel my travel plans. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I knew you had that trip planned. So uh, <laughs> yeah, not doing be that. careful because there's a King Cobra snake on the loose. Okay. So that's the feel good for the snake. That is. And then uh, You also hear about the snake recently that... Uh, Ate a woman? Um, yeah, a python, right? Yeah. Like, she'd been missing for a few days or whatever. Uh-huh. They found her, like, yeah, she just ate her whole. Wow, that's what they do. I don't know, like, you have to kind of be, like, weak and feeble, right? I would think so. Or, like, maybe her kid had just bought a Halloween mask, and they played this song, and then, like, the mask melted the kid's head, and bugs and snakes came out of it, and one of them was the python, and then it just ate her. Eight days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> but I think you would have to be someone. I mean, snakes on the ground, get up high. Yeah, well, that are like, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking, like, if it's wrapping itself around me. Like, you're supposed to be pretty strong, though. I'm clawing its fucking eyes out. If you're out there and you're a snake expert and you have a snake, let us know. Let us Talk know how us. this happens. Yeah. Cash wants to fight a snake. Because I feel like it's a slow process. You want to fight a snake. Just I, say it. I do. Say it. I want to fight a snake. Okay, good. Put <laughs> it out in the world. <laughs> I will fuck a snake up. <laughs> oh, whoa, okay. Up, up, okay. <laughs> Good. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this... Uh, well, next... if it takes... If, you know, if it takes fucking a snake to survive... <laughs> a snake's getting fucked. I'll do what needs to be done. So this is about a Minnesota pumpkin that was crowned the winner at the weigh-off. How much do you think a winning pumpkin weighs in Minnesota? 222 pounds. 2,560-pound pumpkin. Good God. It looks like the guy's fucking it from behind. That, I mean, that's a pretty pitiful looking pumpkin. It is. It'd be hard to carve. It's more like a giant gourd. It looks like a big old deflated nutsack. <laughs> yeah, that that's was, what it uh, looks like. The man's giant nutsack hanging in front of him. He was a uh, weighed in twenty five over twenty five hundred pounds. It belonged to Travis Ginger Geiger G I E N G E R Ginger. He's a horror culture teacher from Minnesota. He also won it in 2020. 
with uh, one that weighed over 2,300 pounds. So who won it last year? So this guy's just growing big-ass pumpkins. Big-ass pumpkins. They got to, like, how do you even move a pumpkin? I mean, I know how you have to get, like, a fucking forklift and... Yeah, so that's a little Halloween story for you. That would be fun to you. carve, though. Like, get a chainsaw and just go at it. Just fuck it. Just fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> everything goes back to fucking with you. It sure does. You just put your dick in everything. Nah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it is Halloween. Right. So, if you're listening out Want there. Want some popcorn? Uh, and you think somebody's fucking your pumpkins, I think I know who's doing it. It's me. It's Joel. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. All right. I feel like it, I just don't know if I'd want to be known as the guy that grew the like. Cool, 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 cool. Like, because you think he's telling everybody? <laughs> oh, he brings it up in every conversation ever. You like try to pick something up like, oh man, that's kind of heavy, but not as heavy as my pumpkin, twenty five hundred pounds. You hear about the guys that uh, cheated to win a try to cheat to win. Uh, fishing yeah. competition. Well, they cheated in previous competitions. More yeah. likely is what they're saying now. Yeah, and they uh, they they found like the like fillet. They put like dead fish in the fish mm-hmm. and also weights and, and weights. stuff. Yeah, yeah they, they, they just they just pleaded not guilty of it. So they're gonna be like, hey, we caught them like that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of fish. And there's out no there. way you can prove it. There's all kinds of fish out there with weights. I mean, in what them. is there? Can they like? I think at the point, like everyone touched the weights, getting them out of the fish. I don't even know if you can fingerprint them. I, mean, I don't know. But yeah. yeah, it's crazy because, I mean, there's some real money there. And I they, do think it'd be hard. They're to, looking at prison time. I do think it'd be hard to prove they did it. Yeah. I don't know how you would. Yeah. I mean, they won't let him back, I'm sure, for future tournaments. But I don't think, I don't know if you can really get, like, prison time for him or, like, fines or anything. I don't know. Because who's to say that, like, guys fishing, like, their line didn't snap and there's just those weights yeah. out there yeah. and the fish ate them. And then they ate filet of fish from McDonald's while they were doing it. <laughs> yeah, they, that happens all the time. <laughs> I always take fish to feed the fish inside the. Well, lake. I'm like that. Yeah, like I don't go to the park and feed birds bread. Yeah. I go. I take fillets. I order feed the about fish to thirty fish. McFishes. McFillets. And I'm like, ha ha! You're eating yourself, you dumb ah, fish. You cannibal fish, <laughs> idiots. Yeah, and they're like, fuck this. And they say to me, "There's no real meat in this. This isn't fish." Because they're underwater. Uh huh. Yeah, the fish. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I have an Aquaman shirt on. I kind of know. Bloop. That's not Aquaman. Fastest, wettest. Somewhere on here. And there's a lady. Look, it's Aquaman there. It's Aqua Lady. Aqua Woman. A tag or something says Aquaman. He she she has the Aquaman like spear. Mm-hmm. The trident. Yeah, the trident. That's mm-hmm. a type of gum. Yes. People can't see my shirt. No. <laughs> we gotta stop talking All about right. it. Well, happy Halloween. Happy everybody. Halloween. What do you? We're about to go to a party. We're going we'll to talk a, about that next we're Saturday. Going to a Halloween party. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, no one dies. Oh. Great. Uh, everybody's gonna die. Yep. Now. Way to go. Like Pumpkinhead's gonna show up. Maybe. Hopefully. Hope so. That'd be cool. Yeah. Hope something cool like that. I've been running, so I can. I've been training to run away. I did nothing against them, so <laughs> I'm just gonna like sit back and enjoy. I piss everybody off. So. I'm be like, you are awesome, Pumpkinhead. <laughs> You're my enjoy. favorite. Just don't get in his way, though. That's the thing too. I'm if you get in his way between him and his victims, and not gonna do that. Okay. No. I've never known you to get in the way. <laughs> Everybody's dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Oh. <laughs>